0: Hallelujah means everything with breath. Praise God. And I've been praying that today it would be more than just words, but there would be a a receiving of his breath. The breath would invigorate us. You know, it says when God (coughs) breathed into the first man, into his nostrils, he came alive. Alive, he became animated. We were animated <laughs> right now. I was feeling animated. It's interesting, Greg, you were sitting there. And I was thinking, what are you doing sitting there? That's your spot there. You know my notes are jumbled today. Sit here. Do you know what that's about? That's because I see this man as a true North. The accuracy. And so when I'm up here, I'm going, where's the wind going? Now it's not about man, it's about the gift, the apostle, the sent one. Now we are all to be apostolic and sent like the wind. Where the wind goes, we go. I had to ask Danny because it came to me in worship. What happens when a, a cyclist is in the front and the others go behind him, drafting? Oh, getting goosebumps. Did we feel the draft earlier? Just the wind of the spirit. The wind of the spirit. And we, when we can acknowledge and recognize a wind, a sense wind that has come, Can we, are we open like the wind ourselves, the spirit in us to come behind and go, I'm going to catch that draft? Because the spirit of God is in all of us. And part of what wind does is it distributes. It takes the seed and the need to where it needs to go. (laughs) the great I am who was and is and is to come the great I am who, is, who never came into being and who will never go out of being because he is the being. <laughs> the beginning, the end, the in-between. Yahweh. Can you breathe with me? Yahweh. Yahweh. The breath. See, him giving us his breath is him saying, I am constantly with you. I am constantly available to you as the breath is in your lungs. Without you even knowing you're doing it, it is happening. Yeah. <sighs> Do you know the name Yahweh is made up of these consonants in the Hebrew language that doesn't allow the, the lips of your mouth to close or for you to use your tongue. It's an inhala- inhalation, exhalation. <sighs> and what it does is the breath, it centralizes us. It takes the universal God who was the beginning, the end, to the now God, I am the bread of life, eat me today, today, breathe me in today, and what that does, this breath, the spirit, this wind, those three words are all contained in one word, the ruach and what the spirit in us does it gives us insight into the way of God within the breath carries his consciousness so by his breath we become living beings that now are conscious of the living God it gives us insights. It says, "How can how can man know the thoughts of an um, of another man? the The thoughts only the spirit of God can know. The thoughts of God. No eye has seen, no ear has heard. Mystery, no, no. But the spirit that we have dives us into the mysteries of God. The un the God that is." that can seem like he's too big to know, makes a way for us to know him. You know, the Greeks were so dedicated and faithful that they built an altar to the unknown God just in case they missed someone. It's kind of like the born again scenario. I want to ask us this question today. Why do you believe what you believe? Why are you a Christian? If it was to have, if it was for the reason of I need to turn my life around, I want to get married and have kids, Christian, Christian groups kind of seems the way to do that. I'm tired of the high life. If I was hearing that today from me, I'd be like, Girl, you need a new story. In fact, you need a new gospel. Because being born again, (laughs) you can't birth yourself. Being born again happens to you. <laughs> and this is what I want to look at, Nicodemus in John 3. It says, there was a man of the Pharisees, his name was Nicodemus, the ruler of the Jews. And this man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher that has come from God, and no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom Nicodemus said to him, How can How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? And Jesus answered, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. And so is everyone who is born of the Spirit. And Nicodemus said, how can these things be? So obviously Jesus gets this visit from Nicodemus. Who is curious about this one who's been doing signs and wonders, but also who had just recently said, I will destroy the temple in three days, and in three days I will build it up again, my body. Right? So naturally, Nicodemus is quite curious about him, and the man's got questions, right? And being a Pharisee and a ruler of the Jews, he's highly educated. Highly educated in the law and understanding. And so by day, he's known as this ruler. He's got, um, you know, a title. But by night, here he is in the dark as a man, seeking. Seeking something that he can only perceive but not fully comprehend. So when he says, Rabbi, we know you're a teacher from God. No one else can do these things unless God is with him. And Jesus says, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom. See, Nicodemus, how you perceive comes from how you were conceived. How you see comes from how you were conceived. In which Jesus replies, you need to be born again. Now a man who's unregenerate, Nicodemus is looking at a man thinking, how can this be? How can a man enter back in the natural thinking? He's trying to figure it out in the mind. And so he says, when he says, you know, how can this be? A man who's old enter back in and again Jesus has to say Nicodemus. This origin that I'm speaking of, being born again or born from above, requires a new operating system. Don't ask me what you can do, you can't do it. Like I said, birth is not something you do, it happens to you. You can't birth yourself. And this birth is not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or husband's will, but it's born of God. Born of God is a birthing of faith, his inworked persuasion in our hearts, it's something only he can do. As opposed to a self-originated, self-serving, and self-empowered belief system. Do you know there's actually a Hebrew word for that type of belief? And it actually means without sacred meaning. Without sacred meaning. You know, when it says, do not take the Lord's name in vain, doesn't mean like, you know, when people say, jesus christ at the wrong point it's actually saying don't use his name with futile thoughts with darkened understanding you don't know what you're talking about don't even say his name that's where yah way it's like don't even say his name So I want to look at the first original descriptions of the first births of life. And it's the original reference for every believer. And it will confront every self-referenced experience that we may have called as God. I hope that's okay to say. And I can only say that because there have been times when God has had to reveal himself and help me see that I had come up with a self-originated idea about him. And it led me somewhere I don't want to go again. Right? So if we look at the origin of creation, when creation was born, it said in the beginning of the earth it was void, um, without form, lacking order, and the darkness of the face of the deep. And it says the Spirit of God was hovering, hovering over the face of the waters. And some versions say it, the wind was sweeping, moving, rather than staying stationary. This creative power was operating and putting all things into motion right? But before that, it was actively waiting, actively listening, hovering. It says when Jesus was born, first, first time we hear him being born, it says that the Spirit overshadowed Mary. The Spirit came upon her. See, there's nothing man can do to make this happen. Came upon her. Jesus was conceived in the spirit. Not by man's decision, not by natural descent. Poor Joseph wasn't even involved in the event. One of you was like, Can I just at least get to make the baby, you know? <laughs> <Shame>. <laughs> So creation and Jesus, how we see them come into the being was we see the Spirit hovering over. Now I want to ask you today, when you were born again, did you experience the hovering of the Spirit coming upon you, that darkness went to light, that your chaotic life came into order? Because this is the nature of the new birth. This is the nature of the new birth. It wasn't a self-originated idea. I think it's a good idea that I should become Christian. It's a waste of time, and it will never fully satisfy. You know, it says in Genesis that in, in Genesis 1:26, God said, "Let us make man in our image." God created man, male and female. Told them to subdue the earth, be fruitful. And then it says in Genesis 2, 7, it says God breathed into man's nostrils the breath of life and man became a living being. Was he created Genesis 1 or 2? Can man have form and no substance? <laughs> Can man have, no, have form with no substance? Not a question. Psalm 135 is talking about the idols. The work of man's hands, they have mouths, but they don't speak. Eyes, but they don't see. They have ears, but they do not hear. Nor is there any breath in their mouths. And so is everyone who trusts them. So like your idols or like your statues, you are like them. Without the breath. Jesus said to the Pharisees, you are, f- you are from below and I am from above. You are of this world, I am not of this world. And you know, when Jesus was born, was not darkness over the earth during that time? Was there not chaos happening at the time? Did he not come to bring light to the darkness, to bring order out of chaos, a new order, the kingdom order? One from heaven, from above. So if he, if he came as the manifested word, the word that became flesh on the earth, and that, that was his experience of being born from the Spirit, and he says to us, be born of the Spirit, conceived in the Spirit, then are we not to live lives in ministry of the same, in the same way, the same manner, the same nature? <laughs> I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, you cannot enter the kingdom. And it says in John 2, where I spoke about the, you know, the temple, that he would tear it down and then he would build it up again. And then he, it actually says he was making reference to his body. Now, I've spoken about this before, that you know, when Jesus was on the cross and he got pierced in his side, the water and the blood came. And that, I believe, the church was birthed that day. From the side of Christ as an equal, by the blood and the water that came out. And then it says that after that crucifixion, Jesus came and he breathed on his disciples. See, the beginning of the church of his people originated in Christ, the life hidden in Christ, birthed from Christ. This is, this is the, the birth. This is the being born again from above. That which is born of flesh is flesh. That which is born of spirit is spirit. And then Jesus says, do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. And I love that Jesus says this, because at this point, Nicodemus was powerfully struck in a personal and individual way by this word. Okay, that's what marvel actually means. It's to be struck personally, individually, uniquely, like you're the only person in the room, and this word has just pierced your heart. Who's received that word? Honest question: Who has received it that you have been you have been struck and you feel like you're the only person in the room dealing with the universal God? Oh my goodness! I remember. Th- I I still remember that that day when I was born again and the weight of the glory of the universal God having a personal dialogue with me. <laughs> Verse 8, and here's where I want to sit a bit. This conversation takes on what may seem quite arbitrary in its change of points, and it's here that we see how the Spirit operates. Now, earlier I was saying, you know, with Greg sitting here, um, and I was saying, you know, it's north. If you sit here, sometimes the people in our lives who are like the winds, they actually move to the side and they give you space to go find your north. They don't leave. They just change position like the wind. And God does this. (laughs) He changes, he'll change the wind like the wind will change direction at any point. And being born again makes us ready to go with the change of wind. To go where he needs us to go. To be where he needs us to be. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but cannot tell where it comes from, where it goes, and so is everyone who is born of the Spirit. (laughs) I love that. It's a sound. The draft this morning came with a sound trembling, rumbling, deep. It's like the earth trembling in praise, not in fear, in praise. You know, when the disciples, Jesus said he breathed on them and then he said, I want you to get together. You go in the upper room and you wait. You actively wait because the spirit, the wind is gonna come. And it says that there was a sound that came. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. You see, the thing about wind, breath, and spirit, what they all share in is that they are personal, they are powerful, but they function in motion. Air is just air. But when we breathe, it becomes functional. Better word, operational. Wind moves, it becomes, uh, air moves, it becomes wind. It becomes operational. It's interesting to see in the media, heartbreaking at the same time, these fires in Australia. But to me, it's like, what a picture of the power of wind and fire. See those fires raging like that? What does fire do? It feeds on oxygen, on breath, on wind. And Australia is saying, you know, the winds is what is (laughs) causing the problem because it, it... a fire will you know start in one area and one ember rolls catches fire again next area and it's just blazing can you imagine pentecost can you imagine this place <laughs> receiving the breath being filled with the wind catching fire sacrifice of worship comes an aroma in his nose. <laughs> the aroma in his nose. Oh my goodness. Do you know, the breath, it talks about coming from his nostrils. <laughs> and then in, in Psalm, it's in my notes. I'm not going to reference for you, but you will find it. It says, what is, what is so pleasant and great like people coming together in the unity? because we all share in breath. It's the one thing we all can do, the, the, the thing that he's given us. And when we use that breath to give him back what he deserves, it's like a sweet aroma. You know, the other day, <clears throat> me and my daughter, Shiloh, we went to the mall, I had a short amount of time, long list of things to do, okay? I'm on the move, don't stop me, don't talk to me, I've got to get things done, okay? Yeah, I'm coming down the escalator, me and my daughter, and of course, I see this man waving, you know those people that stand at the stands and they, you know, for charity or like, I know I'm going to sound real like cold right now, but just hear me out, <laughs> and then they start like talking to you even though you're not even in front of them they're just like "Hey!" Blah, blah, blah. and then you kind of feel rude you kind of feel like Ugh. you know <laughs> but anyway so I'm not gonna lie I had this thought like please not now like I just I've got things to do small window and God said I'm sorry <laughs> you're sharing my breath your day's my day you know, in Yahweh, his breath, it, it actually says in one of the Psalms that when, when it comes to God talking to the universe or things other than his people, he uses a different name. But when he speaks of Yahweh, when he calls himself Yahweh, he's speaking, I am your God. People. And so then it was like, okay, this man doesn't know what he's coming. What is coming his way? The wind is on its way. He said, oh, Hello. Full of flattery, I must say. I, I haven't even told my husband this. But he's like, oh, you look like such a relaxed mother. You've got such a great vibe around you. I was like, oh, thanks, you know. My daughter was like, it's the love of God in her heart. He's like, girl. Yeah. And he's like, oh, so you're religious. I went, I'm Christian. He's like, oh, yeah. Uh, tries to get back to the script. I'm like, I that not about that script. We've got the man script versus the spirit script, and I'm waiting, actively waiting, actively listening. Is this man inconvenient on my time? It's not my time anymore, is it? The spirit in me actively waits, actively listens. This conversation starts, you're a Christian, yes. Oh, I was a monk, cool. Cool. Five years ago. Okay, what led you to that decision? I wanted the simple life. Great story. It's a, like, I'm not even being, but the gospel is the best story, right? And he's like, he's like, so is Jesus, is it Jesus? You know, and I'm like, yep. He's the way, the truth, and the life. Do you, is is Who is Jesus to you? Yeah, he's a man. He's around. You know, I do believe in God. And I was like, okay, but do you know God? And his face literally was like, and I could see his mind ticking. And he was honest. He said, no, I can't say that I do. I said, he'll change your life. You want simplicity. You want clarity. The decision... When it comes into your heart, wakes you up. You become conscious of the truth. <laughs> He's like, girl, you're preaching. <laughs> Do you know, new, being born again means, like in um, the Hebrew's understanding of, of birth, is a, to drop, water to drop. Do you know preaching means to drop? <laughs> Just drop it out there. goes back to his scripts and I'm like, I'm gonna go with this. I'm gonna go with this. And he's showing me pictures of, you know, devastating pictures of these children starving. And he looks at me and goes, You know, this is the work of God. It's <laughs> like good one, mates. Do you know what the work of God is? It's to believe the one he sent. Jesus. He just looked at me. I said, you know what, I'm gonna sign me up. We're going to give today to, to this charity? Because you know what? That money is not even mine. <laughs> and if it means that I have the opportunity to invest my inheritance in another man, another person, with the resource, the source of Christ, whether it's my money, my time, my breath, my energy, then it's worth it, right? See, that day I didn't plan to do this. But the wind of the spirit took me somewhere that I wasn't expecting. You see the wind, the nature of it can be unexpected. Those um if we have that link I'm sorry, it's sorry, out of nowhere. I just want to show you a picture. These these are the the arrows are the wind directions in Australia. Can you see how crazy that is? Do you know it says that, you know, day of Pentecost, that when the Spirit was pulled out, people started speaking in tongues. Fire of tongues. And from that birth, different ministries, the wind has different directions in which it goes. You can't tell where it's coming, where it's going. But it's one Spirit with one sound. Where we get our origin is where we learn how to operate. You know, um, a couple of months ago, my 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 uncle um, in Australia, beloved uncle, who was a hang glider, did it for over thirty years, ran a business in Byron Bay. They called him the master of the sky. And they would say that he he was so skilled and so talented by experience of spending so much time in the sky that he could read the wind or he could even see the wind without it first having an effect on the trees or knowing where it came from, right? It was just this experience of spending so much time in the sky flying. And he had an accident like that breath of life it's like a but a vapour so in preparation um, you know we were like okay we, we need to go to Australia and go um, be together as a family and grieve and um, you know lay his body to rest and uh, I remember the, the public service my dad which I'll always count such an honor and a privilege that he asked me to share on behalf of the Mersham family at his public service where there's a community of flyers and paragliders. And, you know, I'm sitting there in the morning thinking, God, I don't know how to speak to these people. I don't know them. I don't know anything about flying. But you've given me this opportunity and Dad has given me this honor. Speak to me. And I sat, and the breath of life spoke to me. And I put some words down. And at the public service, I I shared. And I talked about how, you know, Uncle Neil, as much as he spent so much time in the sky, he was so grounded. And that he always, where he lived, this high advantage point view, how he saw things, but he never treated anyone as though they were below him. And today... Where he is, mystery, where he is, his vantage point now, would he say we are born for the sky or for the ground? Does man return dust to dust? Or is it about getting to heaven? I ask that question. You see, death is a very quick, imminent reminder that we have breath in our lungs for as long as he says so. So I pose that question. And I heard the Lord say, we are made for the wind. Later on, we uh, got together at the RSL, RSL and Oz. And we're with my uncle's community. These men, all different ages, women, all these people, they have this passion for flying. And I have this man come up, I had a few, but this one in particular, came up to me and he said, sorry, who are you? <laughs> like, while you were up there sharing, I, was, I asked someone, who, where is she from? I said, oh, I'm his, I'm his niece. <laughs> and I come from the Easterlies. <laughs> He's like... Oh, he asked, you know, do you fly? <laughs> no. I've My uncle gave me the privilege of flying when I was, I think, 10, up in the sky with him. No, I don't know how to fly, but I'm a student of pneumatology. <laughs> it's because I know the wind. I can speak of the wind because I know the wind. And he was saying... For someone to share who does, hasn't experienced actual flying, but to share, share what it's like to fly. And I, and I was thinking to myself, Do you know, that's because you see it as a resource. This wind is a resource to your work. It is a resource to your passion. It's a resource uh, to make your money or for pure pleasure. But that wind is the source of my life. And that wind speaks to me, it's the breath that keeps me breathing. It's the breath that makes me alive to something beyond myself. Things I can comprehend beyond intellect. I I didn't sit there studying hang gliding or paragliding beforehand. No, I was spending time with the one who knows the people that I'm speaking to the one who knows what I need to distribute as the wind of the Spirit for these people to hear, the seed they need to hear. I love it. You know, tongues of fire. You know, the word tongues comes from the word glossy, <laughs> which instantly makes you think glossary, which means it's words or terms for um, a field or a topic or a subject. See that day God gave me a tongue, a language, terms that I could use to speak their language. That they would be not in awe and in wonder of this but of it it made them go, I'm spending time with something that is beyond me, yet it's still I don't recognize it. What is it? You know, so many people looked at Jesus when he did things, whether it was miracles, and the Pharisees would constantly say, where is this man from? Where is he going? He's like the wind, comes out of nowhere. Suddenly, without explanation, doesn't need an explanation. He does what he wishes. He goes where he pleases. Paul, on the road to Damascus, one direction. The wind's like, no, no, other way, I'm coming. He heard, lights out, black, darkness. I think God shut his eyes so he could hear because hearing, faith is birthed. <laughs> wind changes the direction. We need to be like the wind. <laughs> Woof. Away from these notes. Honestly, it's so liberating. (laughs) God, I pray your breath we would recognize your breath as all-powerful, all-giving. That we would catch your draft, Lord. That we would move where you take us. We will go where you go. God, not, not operating from our own origin, but knowing where our, what our origin is. Because when we are born again, we operate with the breath, we move like the wind. We hear the spirit, the sound. You are the source of life, the great I am. We live, we move, and we have our being. You know, that word being, again, just comes straight from I am. <laughs> Oh, may we know how to live in being, which originates from the great I am, the being, the be attitudes. When we are with others, are we being, are we presence? You know, guys, you know what makes a confident Christian? Is that it's the Christian that knows where they've come from and where they're going. Jesus said, I, You don't know where I've come from and where I'm going, but I know where I've come from and where I'm going. That's spiritual confidence. That's true confidence. That's biblical confidence. Yet we know where we've come from and we know where we're going. Thank you for listening, guys. Thank you that we got to be together this morning. And I, I pray that we will continue as a body that will hear and that we will allow to be moved by the wind of God, that we would acknowledge every day, the moment we wake up to the moment we go to bed, the Spirit, the breath of life. Do you know, because the Spirit, Yahweh, It's a wonder that as babies, the first breath we take is the name of the Lord. The last breath we'll take is the name of the Lord. We don't have to think of that quick prayer, what do I need to say? It's the breath.